Hello and welcome to another episode of the Let's Talk Hormone Health podcast with Clean Marine. The approach of spring and brighter days brings a positivity to most of us. Well, today I'm here to talk to one of the most positive people I know, clinical hypnotherapist Fiona Brennan, about fostering and maintaining positivity as we go through our life. Fiona is also a mindfulness and certified NLP practitioner and best-selling author with a new book, The Self-Love Habit, just launched. I've worked with Fiona many times as she's also one of our expert contributors in the Essential Guide to Female Hormones from Clean Marine. So no matter what stage life you are at, Fiona has advice for all of us on how to change our outlook and habits to focus on the positive and nurture it in all that we do. Fiona, you are very welcome. Oh, thank you, Lorraine. That is so kind. Like when I, you're in that description, I was like, I want to meet this person. <laughs> you, you're very, very sweet. Thank you so much. Go away. I mean every single word of it. <laughs> First, can you explain to us, before we talk about anything else, what is a clinical hypnotherapist? Well, I am a therapist who helps people uh, in particular with stress and anxiety. However, I use hypnosis as my primary tool. I use mindfulness and NLP also, but hypnosis is a really lovely way of helping people to relax and to get a very focused awareness. So right now, as we're chatting, there'll be different things going on in our minds. However, when you use hypnotherapy, what you do is you relax the conscious mind and you get a lovely direct um, link into the subconscious, which is where a lot of our beliefs and habits live. So again, there's a lot of misconceptions about uh, hypnosis. I was going to say that. How are Irish people with that? I would have thought it was something that maybe we wouldn't be that open to. Yeah, well, I think that there, there's this idea of, you know, mind control and that, you know, I can just say, you know, give me your bank details and turn you <laughs> into a chicken and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> And essentially, like that is so far from what it really is, because in hypnosis, when it's done in a therapeutic setting with a you know really qualified person, you've actually got more control over your mind than than ever before. So I often like to think of it as an honest placebo. So you're not pretending you're giving somebody anything. You're saying, look, if you are open to this and you use your mind through the power of imagination and relaxation, you can make really positive changes. And there's a lot of neuroscience now that we can see that hypnotherapy is very effective for actually changing, literally changing the shape of our, of our brain. And that is known as neuroplasticity. So it's, it's a huge area that is becoming more and more. Um, we're learning more and more about the brain all the time. Amazing. And I suppose when you, when you talk about mindfulness um, and there are a lot of people that practice yoga mm -hmm. um, and meditation, and all of that, it's all related, isn't it? It's all about relaxing yeah. the mind and being control control of your own thoughts. Exactly. Yeah, no, it absolutely is related. I mean, it's not a million miles from meditation. The difference is that it's more directed. So in meditation and mindfulness, we're really just trying to get very clear and into the present moment. Whereas with hypnotherapy, it's more like we're, we're trying to either create something or heal something. So, for example, you know, somebody had a presentation that they're nervous about in hypnotherapy. I'd be able to help them visualize that going really, really well, for example. So it's quite focused. Mm -hmm. um, but you you start off the, the sort of foundation of it is from the present moment. And that's where they're very interlinked in terms of meditation and hypnotherapy. So they kind of one opens the door for the other, if you like. Okay, excuse my ignorance now, but <laughs> can you change somebody's mind? So if they have, if they're a very negative person, mm -hmm. can you 
make them a positive person through I can't but if they would like to be more positive and that desire is strong and they put the effort into actually really uh being consistent if you like so hypnotherapy works but on a repetition it's not just once but it's many times so in all my work with my clients through my books my online work um it's all about making sure that the the client listens to audios not just once like i said but many many times and that's where the brain starts to make those changes hence the positive habit exactly the word habit you said it rain <laughs> fiona my passion as you know is educating people on hormone health Yours is more on the mental health side of things. Do you feel that they're interlinked? 100%, Lorraine. I mean, I, I think it's not just interlinked. I think that's too weak a word. I think that our physical health is our mental health and our mental health is our physical health. So it's this whole idea of whole health. And just recently, actually, I heard uh, Dr. Jim Lucy, if you know his work, he's written yeah. a new book called the a whole new plan for living whole as in w h o l e and it's that sense of completeness and really uniting the physical with the mental and we need to look at ourselves in that way now especially as women and especially with hormone health it's just mm -hmm. so important that we really make that connection and it's something I'm really passionate about as well, to be honest with you, Lorraine. It's like in my work, I will always say to clients, you know, if they're suffering from anxiety, stress, which is what I specialize in. So quite mm -hmm. often that's that's why they're there when they come to see me. And I will always ask them, so tell me about your cycle. Tell me about your your hormone health. And quite often they're like, you know, a little bit. What's oh, that? Yeah, yeah. Like, why are you asking that? It's like, well, I'm just interested. Like, do you notice any pattern? They say, well, actually, now that you mention it, probably I do. And I'm like, OK, it's not the whole piece of, you know, it's the whole jigsaw, but it is a piece of the jigsaw. Mm -hmm. And we need to look at it and we need to keep it in mind as we go through our work. And one relates to the other. I remember you doing um, a talk the last time that w we worked together mm. uh, showing, you know, that kind of monthly calendar yes and how if you know where you are during mm -hmm. that monthly period yeah um it can also it, it can prepare you for how you know you're exactly. possibly going to feel at that time yes it's like forewarned is forearmed essentially yes. yes and that is something i think that's just so vital we get that message out there too to younger girls in particular yeah you know make that connection early in your life and it can make a huge difference in terms of, you know, being kind to yourself and being super mindful mm -hmm. of, okay, right now I'm going to need a little bit more TLC. I need to really um, work with myself as I go through my cycle and having that awareness. Mm -hmm. It's just black and it's white, Lorraine, the difference it can make, you know? Do you find yourself, I find with my teenagers that, that they're so yeah. much more aware mm -hmm. of them, their, their feelings themselves, their bodies. I know I work in this area, so that could be part of it. Yeah. But, you know, the amount of apps even that are out there that they have downloaded on their phones, which are yeah. hugely helpful for those kind of things. Because, you know, we were winging it as teenagers growing up. We, we had no information at yeah, all. Absolutely. It's so true. It, it has got a lot better, but I still don't think we are where we need to be. Do you know? I mm -hmm. mean, I think there's still a lot of... Um, 
sort of misconceptions and also that link isn't made clearly enough to to women that you know there is going to be an impact in terms of your hormones are going to have an impact on your mental health but also your ability to cope and manage stress will have an impact on your hormones so it works both ways it's like a pendulum it swings back and it swings forth so we've got to be really mindful of of managing our stress levels, of managing our anxiety. And that in turn is going to help our hormone health to be much healthier. So it's like, again, you know, it's not just, oh, I'm a bit moody because my period is coming. It's like I've been a bit stressed and therefore my hormones are uh, maybe not as balanced as they could be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because it puts things under pressure then. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Knowledge is key. Yeah. Does our hormone health affect us differently? through different life stages yeah absolutely i mean you know yourself like starting off when you're a teenager getting your period is going to be very different from you know when you're um you know maybe trying to get pregnant and all of the the issues around that and then of course um when you've given birth to a baby there's a whole flood of hormones Mm -hmm. uh perimenopause menopause so yes i definitely never ending (laughs) yeah exactly yeah it goes on it goes on but again education is key and being really compassionate to ourselves at different points in our lives when our hormones are going to be more um imbalanced if you like or going through changes I think we need to to take that into consideration and I really don't think it's taken into consideration enough mm-hmm. in terms of you know the stigma that can be around there about um PMS so she's got her period and you know yeah. there's a quite a negative um sort of flippant rather um attitude sometimes I which I think we need to change um, you're just hormonal Yes. You know, that's something that we used to say the whole time. Yeah. That's so wrong. Everybody's hormonal all the time, actually, because our hormones are always in our bodies. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it it kind of almost is is like um, saying it's, you know, oh, that's what it is, just an excuse and you need to get on with it. Whereas the opposite is true. It's like we need to embrace this. We need to um, show our vulnerability, take it out of the closet, if you like, and say, Mm -hmm. well, look, yeah, I am tired. I am hormonal. It is more difficult. And as a result, that gives ourselves permission, but also changes the landscape, I think, of of how people um, are relating to us. And, you know, once once that's out there, it changes the um, expectations also upon us stress is a huge thing isn't it you know for for mental health and as you said yeah um, how it affects our our hormones and Dr Mary Ryan who's the top endocrinologist in Ireland who I've also spoken to on this podcast um, you know speaks about managing all of that so that we don't burn ourselves out what tips would you give to let's take it with the teens maybe first mm-hmm. teens into their 20s how would you you know advise them to manage their kind of hormone health mental health um again back to awareness i think if we can teach and educate our younger ladies in terms of mindfulness and practices every day that actually help them to slow down their stress response because when you know the hormones of stress for example cortisol and um, adrenaline are released basically they can go almost into battle if you like with our um sex hormones uh the estrogen and the progesterone so it's like a little internal battle going on and basically the stress hormones will win and they'll win because we're programmed for survival so that fight or flight which i'm sure you've heard of it's very common 
um, expression, but it does uh, encapsulate the idea of how important it is for those hormones to keep us alive. So you can imagine in that landscape, if, if there's a threat perceived, then you know the the stress hormones are going to to be to win the battle if you like and as a result then the estrogen and the progesterone um take a back seat and when they take a back seat that's when you really feel the effects of hormone imbalance because you're going to be more um your period might the cycle might be you know less regular you're going to have all of the side effects in terms of you know maybe insomnia uh, you could have bad skin. All of those things start to happen. Mm-hmm. So we've got to work, got to educate um, young women to, from the mm-hmm. very outset, to have coping mechanisms that really help them to slow down the stress response. Some stress is positive in terms of we need it, and you know, to to get up in Motivate the morning. Motivate us mm. exactly, yeah. But it's what we're living with now is a lot of chronic stress, so it's like a tap that doesn't turn off. Yes, it's forced upon us. Yeah, it's just become so normal, and and uh, that is where the damage is done, if you like, because it's chronic. So what we want to do is really help women um, of all ages, but in particular, I, I do love working with younger women. Um, to help them at that point in their lives to learn the skill of being able to say, okay, this is something that I need to be incredibly aware of. I need to work with my mind and I need to practice. I need to train my mind to slow down, to slow the thoughts down, to not believe all of the thoughts that go through my mind, because a lot of thoughts are simply just like rumors in the mind. And when we associate too much you know, identification with those thoughts, we can start to experience stress and anxiety. Whereas right. when we have that ability to to get space between them, which is what a mindfulness essentially is, then we're not so over-identified with our thoughts. And just imagine, you know yourself, Lorraine, like having that skill, like when you were, oh, I know. you know, right yeah. back to teenagers, the difference it can make to, to people. Um, so I think that's what we need to do. We need to make like, mental fitness as as important as physical fitness what are you thinking uh there like meditation maybe yeah absolutely mindfulness really is is an all day tool if you like so it's it's bringing ourselves back to the moment as much as we can so that we're not getting um sucked up with the busyness of the mind and that is a training meditation is one again amazing apps out there you know at the moment there's that's that's what's so positive about um today's generation though there's just a huge wealth of of um information and access yes exactly and and using technology in a way that actually benefits us Mm -hmm. physically and mentally and it can yeah that's that's when we see the the good side of 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 technology yeah tell me about self-love what exactly (laughs) does that mean because it's it's difficult, I suppose, for our generation. Again, I think the younger generation, um, I suppose they've heard about it for longer. Yeah. Uh, but for, for young women and young men, yeah. what is self-love? Essentially, it is acceptance of ourselves as we are and not how we think we should be. So it's acceptance of the parts of ourselves that we can find difficult. You know, if we suffer from anxiety, stress, if someone's been unkind to us, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. we actually go into that place, to that vulnerable part of ourselves. And just like the way we do with our kids, you know, we're, we're naturally able to do that with our own children. But doing that on an internal landscape is, is actually what self-love is. 
it's not self-pity it's not you know um being over uh, sort of obsessed with the self and I think that's really important uh, yeah. point to make yeah in fact it's the opposite it's like when you have a really good relationship with yourself you're now in a position to have a really good relationship with everybody else because there's a sense of harmony there's a sense of peace within you yes. and that is a gift that you share with the world ultimately and it's not to feel bad about that too I remember my mom saying to us you know growing up if you don't respect yourself how can you expect anybody else to? Exactly. It's Lorraine. that kind of message, yes, isn't it? That's it, you've, you, that's it in a nutshell. Absolutely. Yeah. With regards to exercise and diet and all the things that we can do for ourselves, mm-hmm. what would you advise? I mean, the obvious one is fresh air, getting out in the sunshine. You can't yes. always do that in this country, unfortunately. You can Embrace the rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that personally, I do a lot of yoga and I find yoga just really beneficial in terms of it's mindful and Mm -hmm. we're breathing deep so we're activating the parasympathetic nervous system which is very good for Mm -hmm. our hormones in terms of the rest and digest and our body feels safe i think we've got to help ourselves feel safe um and especially in the last year and all of the you know uh, uncertainty in the world the more we can actually cultivate and self-generate a feeling of safety through the body because that's where a lot of um, anxiety is felt physically Mm -hmm. so exercise like yoga restorative yoga um, you know it doesn't have to be this kind of you know pump it fast and let's get you know it's much more about connecting internally with your body and you know being aware of what's going on right now there is there is you know with hormone health you're going to have cramps and it's like how can I work with those cramps as opposed to resist them because it's when we resist things that they intensify of course yeah yeah for me with two teenage girls yes a lot yeah. of hormones in our house <laughs> poor Peter we we'll get to the menopause imagine. later <laughs> we'll stick with the females for now um they have a lot to deal with yeah. with regards to their hormones and just being the age that they're at. Um, of course. How can I help them navigate this? Yeah, well, it's back to self-love, right? Mm-hmm. Because what you, the greatest gift you give them is to offer patience and compassion. Even, and in fact, especially Lorraine, when they're driving you mad right? <laughs> I'm being tested at you're every turn you're being tested exactly and I know myself I've got a 13 year old boy so again you yeah. know you're going to get that moodiness you're going to get that grumpiness and essentially we need to be the rock right that's mm-hmm. our job is to provide that self that acceptance no matter what way they are if they're rude irritable etc it doesn't change how we feel about them now we know that of yeah. course right but they need to know that. And how do they know that? They know that through our ability to be at peace with ourselves mm-hmm. so that they can witness ourselves being comfortable with our own vulnerability and being able to be accountable for it, you know, to be able to say, do you know what? Look, I'm really sorry I did. Like, because we all, you know, get irritable sometimes. We're not saints, you know, so there yeah. are, of course. And especially if we're going through our own hormonal health, which is what's really interesting is that you'll see in many families is that as teenagers start to you know, go through their hormonal changes, you're going to have quite often the mother going through her own with perimenopause. Perimenopause and menopause. And menopause. Yeah. It's just yeah. like they come together. Yeah. So And that, also at that time, you know, your career is, you know, if you're if you yes. have a career outside, yeah. the house, well then you're, you know, you're going to be probably busy with Absolutely. that. You're also at the stage of life where maybe you're caring a little bit more for your parents. Yeah. 
and you just feel like you've been pulled each and every way. That's it, Lorraine. So yeah. it's lovely to say, be patient and give them time. But it's like, where? Yes, How? Yeah. And mm. that's why the self-care has to be a priority because of those things. You're absolutely right. I think they're called the sandwich years. You know, it's like you're, you're kind of stuck between, yeah. you know, elderly parents and children going up, etc. Mm-hmm. And it's like that is the time where many, many women neglect themselves because they don't have time. Right. Yes. And this is a story that we tell ourselves, but it needs to change. Yes, we do have time. You just have to take it. And it has to be, it it sounds selfish, but it is the least selfish thing you'll ever, ever do. Mm -hmm. So when you feel, for example, you know, that uh, irritability arising or tiredness or whatever it might be, that's when you put your self-care first and you come back into the world and you're going to be that rock then for your teenagers, for example. Yeah, because you're no use to anybody unless you're working kind of at 100% or close enough to it yourself yeah yeah well not even that you're 100% but just that you're you're able to recognize when you need that rest rather than you know always being able to look at it outside and say oh do you know what maybe you're a bit narky or you're a bit tired or you know yeah like, well maybe I am you know and yeah. that's okay yeah yeah, yeah permission. just be honest mm, yes I do do that you know and I even say to the girls sometimes if I've punished them for something um, and they're cross and, you know, and I'm deflated and we're in that kind of situation. And then I always say, well, you know, tell me, tell me, you know, what you think I did wrong there. Good, because great, yeah. I wasn't born a mom, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm a parent, you know, with you, Amelia, for the first time, with you, Romy, for the second time. I might get things wrong, but let's talk about it. Yeah, um, And it's lovely to to take the time to do that but it's amazing when you kind of throw Mm. it back at them Mm -hmm. you know and and let them be involved in those kind of situations it actually helps they they understand a little bit more you know and just not the big bad wolf you know wrecking their lives you know (laughs) (laughs) I hate you you've ruined my life yeah (laughs) I'm getting flashbacks to my own teenage years I I can tell you I was no angel (laughs) my mother would vouch for it oh nor was I I know my mother said I'm glad you got one like you eventually (laughs) (laughs) payback time exactly (laughs) oh listen yeah um let's talk about our 20s and our 30s then because they are very exciting times new beginnings and careers relationships families lots of those positive happy hormones about but they're also extremely busy times and can be very stressful and mm. um, they're also the times maybe where you're thinking of having a child starting a family mm-hmm. um, how do you advise people in this stage of life to take care of themselves too well I think there's a lot of pressure on women of that age I certainly remember it myself in terms of it's like the busiest time let's say for ticking boxes oh juggling so much yes and also expectations upon you you know so it's actually one of the things I talk about in in my new book and it's called the conventional calendar and it's this idea where you're literally you know sort of going through life waiting to tick the next box yes and I think that in our late 20s 30s that's when the boxes there's the most boxes to be ticked if you like yeah so it's like you know um you find a partner uh, buy a house get married have a child maybe another one maybe another one etc and it's almost like people are waiting and society has been so conditioned to so true yeah putting pressure 
on people to tick all those boxes yeah yeah, yeah absolutely and the mm. questions so you know like I remember after my first son was born like I'm my only son actually so um but you mm. know that so when's the next one and it's like oh my god yeah <laughs> you know, I've literally just had him <laughs> yeah I can't really walk right now I still haven't hospital. slept <laughs> yeah exactly so <laughs> I think that and I, I often see this in my work with clients is women of that age can be really really hard on themselves that they haven't you know tick the next box if you like even mm-hmm. if they tick the first or the second yeah. they're like but I haven't done that so essentially I think it's so important that we start to really move away from that model because it is pure pressure I'm there's, so glad to hear you say that yeah yeah and there's so many routes isn't mm-hmm. there through life you yeah. know it's not to say any of those things are wrong of course they're not they're inherently beautiful things to have children to get married to buy a home wonderful but they're not the only and I think that's what we need to you know really help uh, women to to embrace more and I think it is happening but I say our generation probably was more pressure you know to, yes. to get those um, yeah, the conventional route yes exactly mm-hmm. and then feeling less than feeling not good enough yes. because you haven't um ticked a box yes um and then again what's really unfortunate is that when you do tick a box yeah it's like well when's the next one so it's like it's always deferred yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah yeah and that whole guilty mum thing as well yes um, and I know you know we've a, a dad who's a, a great father and husband but he doesn't have the guilt yeah. that I have and I only recognized myself you know when I was working full-time mm. which ended up being kind of all of the time I felt guilty then I decided to to park that and be a stay-at-home mom, yeah. which lasts full-time for about six months. Yeah. I still felt guilty because I'd be putting him to the bed at night and thinking, God, I didn't play Barbies with her when she asked me. Or, oh God, I'm so tired. Do I? Hopefully yeah. she'll fall asleep so I don't have to read a story, you know, tonight yeah. in bed. And, and then I did both, you know, which I'm doing at the moment where I'm mm-hmm. working and spending time at home. And I still feel guilty. Okay. So I've, I've stopped I used to. Yeah. I do not feel guilty Good. anymore. I'm pleased to hear it, Lorraine. Yes. <laughs> I feel like standing up and putting my hand up. Yes. Going, Hello, my name is Lorraine Keane. <laughs> I'm a mom and I do not feel guilty. Yes. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> well, that's what the message. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So important. You've got nothing to be guilty about. No. I mean, guilt is there for like a, a real reason. Some remorse. You've done something wrong. Yeah. But, you know, what have you done wrong? You're, you know, doing your best to be a mom, to have a career. Yeah. That's something to be proud of. It's not something to be guilty about. And I think that's something that um, the next generational will be better about too. And I think it's because, so, yeah. because of us as as parents, yeah. you know, and as moms just talking to them. Mm-hmm. You know, like I remember yeah. being, because I'm one of seven children, my mom would boast about the fact that she had never once in her entire life taken a nap in the middle of the afternoon. Right. And she yes. would boast about that. Yeah. And she would still say it to you because we laugh about it now. <laughs> and I started to do that because you do copy things, you know, you inherit them from from the way you were reared. Yeah. And I started doing that when the girls were little. And then I realized, actually, I'm not doing them any favors. Absolutely. You know, because yeah. I would hate to think of them burning out and not yeah. taking a nap when they really needed one and deserved one. Yeah. So I started taking naps and I would tell them, yes. you know, because up to that point, if I did take a nap, I'd say, if anybody calls the door, don't say I'm in bed. Yes. You know, it's almost like the shame of yes. it. Like, God forbid you would take care of yourself yeah. and rest. Yeah. Whereas now I say, oh, just don't disturb me you can yeah. tell them I'm having a nap and I'll call them later well that's a gift to them because you know that's what you would want for them as they you know yes. imagining them as young mothers yeah. and thinking yeah I'd love to think that they would do that for themselves yeah. and that's what we want yeah. you know for our children yeah. but I definitely think you're onto something there it is a generational thing mm-hmm. you know in terms of that very stoic you know I'm never tired I'm never you know yeah. 
Yeah. Or even I got an email recently about a woman telling me in terms of self-love and, and how, you know, the generational sort of um, issues, let's say, with it. And that her mother, for example, you know, would make the beautiful um, Sunday dinner and would always just take the kind of little pickings for herself, would never give herself the nice, you know, cut of meat or whatever. That would be, oh, no, that's not for me. Um, and that again it, what is the message there you know it's yeah. like that's connected to our self-esteem yeah. it's connected to um how you, know. you value yourself exactly yes yeah yeah and yeah. um, so I do think that's changing and you know it's not to say that our mothers were not you know they were amazing and doing their best but, but they weren't allowed they, were, they exactly. weren't allowed to look after themselves and if they were yeah. they weren't allowed to talk about it do you know what I mean yes that was selfish exactly Yes. And that's what's so wrong. You that, know? Yeah. Well, again, they're products of their generation as well. Mm. You can imagine, you know, their mothers before them sort of after the war, you know, it was a very different time. They weren't empowered, Fiona. And that's the problem, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. 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 And Mary, Dr. Mary Ryan is amazing. I love to hear oh, her talking about, you yeah. know, empowering women. She's just like so inspirational. Yeah, yeah. completely. And that's yeah. what we need to do. We need to remember. And as you say, we need to do and remember um, and lead by example. Yes, exactly. That's how that's how we help them is by actually illustrating it rather than saying it. Yes. You know, yeah, absolutely. Fiona, you spoke about the conventional calendar there. How do we step back from that and stop trying to tick all those boxes? Absolutely. It's about building up self-esteem in ourselves so that we are not um, looking for external validation. And that's what that calendar represents mm-hmm. it represents you know the nod from the auntie saying oh yeah great now we've got you know she's she got the ring yeah she got the ring <laughs> and the baby be on the way uh it's about really being true to yourself rather than trying to make other people happy and that again takes effort like everything to do with our mental health we need to put the work in in terms of of really loving ourselves building our own self-esteem so that there's a voice in our own mind that says you're doing great. I'm really proud of you. And it's absolutely irrelevant whether, you know, X, Y or Z is or not. That's yeah. that's their own business yeah. and not yours. It's that whole mindset of keeping up with the Joneses kind of thing. Yeah, in a sense. Yeah. And, and, and sort of really wanting external validation that other people approve of you. The yeah. most important opinion that you'll ever have of yourself is your own um, because other people one day will say, yeah, we think you're great. And the next day you might do something like, oh, no, you're not. So, you know, if you're if you're relying on that, you're going to be at the, the mercy of um, the calendar, if you like, trying to get approval. So we've really got to dig deep and uh, fill our own cup, if you like, yeah. with self-love, with self-care, with self-acceptance. So if you haven't ticked a box, that's OK, because you say it is. And of course yeah, yeah yeah value yourself exactly yeah so let's talk perimenopause and menopause <laughs> okay Peri- i'm breathing deep right now <laughs> yeah. perimenopause of course is the the yeah. period of time before menopause so usually from around 40 or 45 for anything kind of between five and ten years um for many it brings increased anxiety as we know how can we positively embrace this new stage of life and see it as they do in Asia as our second spring. Mm, yeah. Well, even what you just said there, Lorraine, like the way in your, you know, just the fact that so many women don't even know that in terms of what is the perimenopause? When does it happen? That education isn't actually that clear 
believe it or not. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Sure, I didn't know myself. I was in it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thought I was going mad. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what I'm learning more and more of, you know, is, is women 40, 41, they still, you know, it's like that's way off, right? Yes. It's something that they don't even, you know, contemplate. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the reality is very, very different. Um, and I can speak from a personal point of view that I'm definitely going through the perimenopause. I'm 45 and it started about a year ago. Um, and it does take you by surprise. Now, I don't think I could have said that a year ago, right? Because I wasn't comfortable with it. Because there is a sense of we don't, as women, I think we're kind of like, we don't want to put ourselves in that category almost. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's I like, know, in denial. I don't want, yeah, it's like, <laughs> I don't want to say that's me because I'm still, you know, know. this young book. I'm glad I'm not alone there. Good, good yeah. to hear that you're the same. <laughs> yeah, like it takes a bit of time for us to get accustomed to. And I think that would be a piece of advice I would share is like don't you know give yourself time to get used to it yourself before you need to 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 start you know shouting about it you know to the world like just say okay this is happening again it's back to acceptance it's back to the realization that it is natural Mm -hmm. um to be positive about it I think is absolutely essential um because it isn't a negative bad thing, but it is something that we need to, to really manage, you know, in terms of night sweats, all of the different things that come, you know, 37 I was, symptoms of wow. perimenopause <laughs> and menopause. Yeah. And 37. Yes. So, you know, I mean, yeah. it's all there in the essential guide to female hormones, which you were part of. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just very helpful to know what those symptoms are. Yes. Um, you know, anything, as you said, like, you know, night sweats or mm-hmm. you know disturbed sleep anxiety skin hair nails yeah you know hormonal uh, breakouts you know the list goes on and on I've been in perimenopause for a number of years and I've never had a hot flush right you okay. know I still have yeah. periods so I would have thought that you know that they were the two things yes. that would tell you that you're either perimenopausal or menopausal not necessarily okay. so thank goodness not every nobody will get all 37 symptoms <laughs> <laughs> i <laughs> but, hope not yeah that would but be. you will get you know a variety of symptoms yeah. and it's just as you said it's really really important to know what those symptoms are mm. and to find out the options mm. of how we can manage them yeah and i now because having you know been talking hormones for the last number of years all over the country and so delighted uh, to do so and so passionate about the subject because we need to educate uh, ourselves I'm not fearing the menopause anymore because I feel like I'm armed and dangerous great you know and I I look forward to Mm post-menopause no periods no more period pains no more you know having (laughs) to to think about all those situations when you're out and about yeah and all of that get to the other side of it and enjoy mm-hmm. as they say in other parts of the world our mm. second spring yes embrace yeah. it yeah yeah well I suppose in many ways it's like you know children will by by then you know you'll have more maybe time as yeah. in the kids will be you know more independent, independent. etc mm-hmm. so I'd say that is where the whole idea of second spring comes from you know um we're living longer as well yes exactly you know yeah so, yeah uh, you know for the generation before us and before that again all of the previous generations, they didn't live to 80 or 90. Yeah. Uh, so maybe menopause between 50 and 60, you were coming to the end of your life. Whereas now 
we've another life nearly to live. Yeah, you're only we do. maybe halfway through. Yeah, happy days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's lovely to hear you say that that you're not afraid of the menopause coming because I think you've you've touched on something really important there, which is many women are because again this whole negative energy around it that it's something to be feared that it's something to be terrible. Oh my god, you're old, you're past it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Whereas I think we need that you know positive outlook that is saying you know this is we can manage this Mm -hmm. we can manage it with the right education nutrition exercise all of these things like once you start taking care of those then it changes everything and your mindset around it your attitude towards it is really important because you can create the neurochemicals in your own brain that are going to help you to manage that change, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of increasing serotonin, oxytocin, all of that is is possible for us to do ourselves through the power of the mind and through, you know, um, really embracing um, self-love, self-care and acceptance of the situation first and foremost, and then moving from there into a more positive place. It's just another stage of our hormonal journey of our hormonal life. Yes, exactly. It's, you know, it's stage number five. And, you know, we've, we've all at that stage gone through, you know, the other four stages, we've managed to, to get through those. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I feel that once you come out the other side, then you've got a whole other life. To live and to enjoy. You can still feel good. You can still look good. Yeah. And that's the message that we want to get across, isn't it? Because Mm -hmm. there is that sort of like fear of like, as you say, it's like I'm getting old now and I'm just, you know, past it where it's just absolute nonsense when you, Mm -hmm. when you're fit and healthy. I think I have more energy now, to be honest with you, than I did at at 25. Yeah. Purely because I take so much better care of myself. Exactly. You know, so that there's something to to celebrate with that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We've been talking a lot about how our hormone health affects our mental health. What about for men? I mean, how are Irish men when it comes to looking after themselves, self-love and mental health in general? Well, Lorraine, it's funny you should say that because when you say self-love, I think a lot of men, certainly of our generation, kind of might squirm and feel a bit uncomfortable. It is changing for younger men, which is great. Fantastic. Um, Yeah, but... I am really passionate actually about male mental health. I think it's probably because I have a son. So I have an insight into um, boys and men that I might not have had if I'd had a daughter. And Mm. I think that what's really important is that we've got to remember that men have been conditioned very differently from, from us. And quite often they don't speak the emotional language in the same way. They don't have that language. It's like we're speaking Chinese sometimes and they're looking at us going, what (laughs) are you talking about? And really that's because from about the age of, I would say as young as seven or eight, they're taught to not show their emotion. And even still today, you know, yeah, yeah, Yeah. again, as we said, conditioned yeah, and exactly. kind of reared that way. Yes. It's like, you know, if a little girl falls on the playground and, you know, hurts herself, she can cry and that's okay. You so know, true. everyone will come running to her and, are you okay? If a boy falls down, again, five or six, no problem. But once they start to get that little bit more, you know, older, it's not cool anymore. And I've seen it myself and it's really heartbreaking. So wrong. The tears will be there, but they're pushed right back and it's like, no, I'm fine. Of course. Man up. Man up, man up is is, is, is an insult, I yeah. think. Um, and it's also very damaging long term because what you see is men out of touch then with their emotions. 
it's not their fault at all it's not that they don't have emotions of course they do you know it's like Mm -hmm. but one could believe that they don't in terms of how they portray themselves and how they can be very sort of cut off so I work a lot with men as well to be honest with you and as I said I'm really passionate about it I think it's really important that we have ambassadors out there speaking about male mental health um, Niall Breslin is, is a fantastic one I think he has really helped change the landscape uh, in Ireland in he particular. wrote a beautiful introduction actually in your new book the latest book yeah exactly yeah and he, he he really is very clear and he's also a sort of great role model in the sense that he is he comes across as the more alpha male he's tall he's sporty etc so people can really relate to him mm-hmm. um, and there's a few out there at the moment you know that are really uh, starting to speak out about their own vulnerabilities and I think that encourages and gives permission for men to do so again it is a generational thing and I'm really happy to to, you know like when I have younger guys coming into my clinic they are more in touch with themselves and they are more able to to speak uh, about their emotions but still it's again the same with hormonal health we've still a long way to go we're in the right direction but we need to keep the conversation uh, really really alive yeah we're only learning really aren't we I mean yeah we're we're talking about it now when previously Mm -hmm. it was the kind of thing that was shoved under the carpet, you know, absolutely, especially there so for many taboos, yeah, yeah, and stigmas attached to any of that. Yes, exactly. Yes, yeah, and we we want that to change because men really, you know, um, suppress an awful lot, and it's helping them to just feel comfortable uh, to express themselves in a, in the same way that we can. You know, there's there's no reason why not. Yeah, and then <laughs> yeah. they they'll be better to themselves and everybody benefits yes isn't it? exactly because yeah. if you're allowed if you're allowed to own your emotions and um and expose them i suppose it's um it's it's just better for everybody of course it is yeah and for fathers to do that as role models for their sons that's yes. what we want you know that's yes. really important yeah yeah <laughs> And on that note, Fiona, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and positivity with us today. I feel like take on the world (laughs) after this. Congratulations again on your wonderful new book, The Self-Love Habit, sure to be another bestseller. And to get more of Fiona's addictive positivity, you can follow her on Instagram at The Positive Habit. Fiona, thank you. Oh, thank you, Lorraine. It's been brilliant. Love chatting to you. (laughs) 